0: Hello there ladies and gentlemen And welcome to a Celtic state of mind I'm Jerry Taylor And I'm here with the man himself Fran Alonso Head coach of Celtic women's team How are you doing Fran?
1: Uh, very good very, um, very happy with so far this season And, and looking forward uh, to Sunday A massive, massive game so, no complaints. Excellent. A massive game on Sunday, and everyone
0: that doesn't know, we're here to help promote, obviously, uh, the women's team. And if anyone that
1: doesn't know, big massive game. You are playing Rangers. So, yeah, Glasgow derby uh, this year, uh, and the at the moment on the table is first and second. second. Uh, both teams score fifty-two goals already in ten games and concede six. Same numbers in terms of goals scored and conceded. So it could be a, a very very tough test for both of these, but I have a lot of faith. Uh, the girls are doing so well, so hopefully we can give our fans something to cheer on. Excellent. Well, you've definitely been giving the fans
0: something to cheer all pre-season, all season, and the for, uh, the season before, and the season before that. And you can see just getting getting better and better. Are you seeing a lot of improvement in the team? And how
1: difficult has that been to sustain as the manager? Uh, it's been it's been challenging every single year. Uh, I mean, for Three years in a row we've lost our top goal scorer every single season uh, but you know um, credit to credit to the club and, uh, credit to the team credit to the players that has been here for longer every new player they integrate so so quickly and then it's easier, it's easier to to be playing good football even from preseason. this year it was fantastic because the tor- the turn uh, of players uh, we lost so many we knew we would lose a few but we lost more than we th- some players that we thought we wouldn't. And we still lost them. And it was very difficult. Too, too, too many players, uh, too many new players We have to recruit. So I was a little bit concerned on, you know, it's almost like coaching a brand new team. But the players that came were incredible in terms of how quickly they integrate. And then the players that we have, like the kaylin Hayes, uh, Kelly Clark, uh, Chloe Craig, players that have been here for so many years, they really, really help us on the pinch to, you know, um, to teach these Celtic values, to teach the style of play, to teach what... Uh, the demands uh, is not the same uh, playing for another team that play for Celtic. Uh, We've got some responsibilities. Uh, some of them is the way we behave, but some of them are um, we have to play attractive football. We have to win, but we have to play attractive football. We have to be brave. We have to be dynamic. Um, so so many things that uh, is required for us is our responsibility. And for the new player it's something new. So these all have to be, and it's not the manager telling them, they have to feel it, they have to leave it. And they have to believe it and I credit to, to the girls that are here and, and so far this year is I mean it's a 9.5 out of 10 and so far
0: 9.5 still a yeah. little bit of room for oh, always, room. always. always, always, always oh, you've let six goals I mean, that's shocking yeah. <laughs> <squad>. <laughs> <laughs> you've scored how many yeah. uh, 52 unreal I mean it's mean, a credit to yourself the management team and obviously the, the squad themselves do you do you do a lot of the scouting yourself do you
1: Take the responsibility of finding these players or have you got a scouting system that you can put in place yeah we, we don't we don't have any any scouting system uh, so it's basically the three coaches uh, myself david Haley, and michael uh doing the um the recruitment so we watch the games um when we can which is not very often we uh, some of us might go and watch live uh, actually david Haley now in this international break he's gonna do a, a trip uh, and he's gonna. We are one player. We are trying to, to recruit. He's gonna actually see her life, but it's not often that we can do that just because of time and because of competition. is very difficult. So it's mainly uh, watching games in uh, downloaded games from from a platform and then watch games after game after game. And um, just we have a slightly different system of of recruitment. Um, we put a lot of a lot of emphasis in the psychological aspect. Um, for example. Um, I know that what the data can tell you, what the GPS can tell you, how, how fast is a player, how high is. But what the, the data cannot tell you is how that player reacts to miss a penalty, how that player react to lose possession, how that player react to a bad decision of the referee. So this is what tells me if the psychological aspect of that player can um, can take the demands of playing for a team that you have to take risks at the back because you have to be so aggressive at present. Are you going to be scared? So these type of things... Are very important for our recruitment, and I think this year, fingers crossed. Uh, so far, it's been it's been very good. I've been impressed with the players that has come, and some of them are just like eighteen year old, like Paula Partido from Real Madrid. Uh, but still, despite how young she is, she's she's doing. She looks like a like a senior player that has been playing for many years. Fantastic!
0: She, you never think of that as 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 an armchair fan like me. You always think about that you're looking for a player on how many goals have scored or have they kept a clean sheet? you never think of the actual mentality the psychology, so you've got to look at a player are they strong enough to handle this as well as and obviously their personality as well so there's there's a lot more to scouting than what as normal
1: people would actually think man yeah but when 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 you lose players that has been flying the like the year before just ta Hafinta who has been you know some of the players of the season. Uh, you need to make sure whoever comes to replace them, you need to make sure you get it right. Because if you replace a top top player with a player that doesn't fit into the team, imagine you, you almost lost two players. Mm-hmm. So you need to get it right. That's why we put so much emphasis. Obviously, of course, we look at goals, score, assist, uh, goal involvement, this is important as well. Uh, but this psychological aspect, uh, if, if it's not right for us in terms of uh, the way she reacted, it doesn't matter if she scores so many goals. Uh, I know she will struggle to fit into into our style of play. So uh, that's why we have to watch so many, so many games, so many conversations, uh, because sometimes I like a player, they don't like a player, then we have to kind of have an argument. Then at the end we all agree that I was right, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, to be fair, they, they are very good, and we are getting, because we, we do it ourselves, we are getting um, very good at it. Uh, the problem is we don't have summers because the summer is when we recruit and we have to watch the games but um, when later the team play like that it's totally worth it yeah yeah. I mean just I've I've been lucky enough to spend the morning with you and watch his training
0: and the passion genuinely can feel it coming from you mate and it's a huge thing and every Celtic fan will say that you need that passion and one of the reasons and and I'm, I'm a bit ashamed to admit this but the reason that we want to do this is because I want everyone to be what I'm doing here is to try and learn more about the women's game and I'm embarrassed that I haven't showed that interest yet until recently. And do you know what sparked that interest? It was the passion we you are talking about the team and the you know, way you screamed down that camera that time when we when we would won. And I know I know that you probably get a lot of people like winding you up about that, but to me, that we need that in in the women's game to to get men like me to step forward and say, look, I'm, I've maybe not been as supportive as I could be. Because there's a lot of guys out there that say they do support the women's team but we can't name one player, we can't name a big moment in a game and that's why I wanted to come here for you to educate me today because your passion is, it is honestly, it's infectious and I think the more men we've got like that in the women's game that we're going to see it grow even faster. So tell us, how did it all come about for you from... I want to know about Fran the man, okay, so as a boy, Fran the boy first... What was your first ever sport and football memory, whether it be going to a game or watching a player, that made you go, this is the game for me?
1: Um, the, first, the first memory with football is, uh, and this is my mum, uh, it's a memory that comes from my mum telling me that my sister is to sleep with a doll, and I used to sleep with a ball. I thought you were going to say we a famous player. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So she slept with a dog? you slept and, with I, I and I have a ball and then you know, my man complain oh, you just been playing in the street you cannot put this in bed and uh, yeah. she will take it away and I will put. I will get up, take it back. And um, So I, I, I have a love for football since I was a little kid. Um, I started playing football when I was six years old. My dad was my first coach. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, and to be fair um, I thought I was... At the time, I thought I, I, I did quite well, but I would never listen to my dad telling me that I was the man of the match or that I did so well. It's always, see, he always focused on what I could do better. Um, okay. This, at the time, I thought, you know, now uh, maybe stop, but I think that, that uh, it put in me this desire of, of being better all the time. Try to be better, try to be better. And uh, This is something that I think in the team, uh, you can see that every year, regardless of what happened, regardless of how many players, we all want to be better. Um, I think right now, um, every player, if not 90% of the players are playing the best football of their careers. As a result, we have so many players that for the first time, they've been called by the national teams, which is incredible makes made me so proud. Uh, but yeah, um, um, it's, it's been football all my life. I absolutely love football. I play futsal, um, which again, gives me this love for this dynamic, quick football. In futsal, if you don't move fast and quick, you don't have a space. Right, so explain futsal to me then, so... Is that like quick? tippy-tappy trading? So futsal is a so futsal is a different sport. Oh you know in, in Spain is massive. Spain, Brazil, are two or Portugal are some of the best countries in the world. There is World Cup. So so futsal is four V four uh plus plus two keepers. Oh. So you just it's just four. So imagine four V four uh you know it's one B, it's four one 1v1s on the pitch. So if you want it's all it's a lot of a strategy, mm-hmm. a lot of rotations, but it's a lot of sharp movements and quick play and the body shape have to be perfect to be able to to create a space for yourself. I and I think that gave... Uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's so quick. Um, it's unlimited subs because a player wouldn't be able to play all 40 minutes. Um, Is that what you were doing in training this morning? When I was watching
0: you, when you moved the nets really close together and it was really quick, quick,
1: quick, quick. Yeah, it was, oh, similar. 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 Yeah. Today was 5v5 uh, and the side was slightly smaller. It was more focused on the finishing. We got players in the outside. Uh, futsal is you know it's it's a pitch of football but much smaller right okay it could be probably around uh around the the box the size of the box maybe slightly bigger right, right. okay and then uh, it's a 4v4 with two goalkeepers and it's a normal football game just with these constant rotate uh, constant transitions um, but this in spain is very is very popular every i think every player in spain when you are six years old, you don't play football. You start to play futsal. Ah, really I play futsal in my school. I play futsal in in a in a, in a football team away from the school. Is a to play futsal when he started to play football. Is something that we in Spain we we do very very often. And Spain's done all right at football, eh? So maybe no, not be, so bad. maybe Scotland should try some futsal.
0: eh? <laughs> SFA. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. You can, you can like I'm saying, you can see the passion, which fits so well with Celtic. So you've, you're a big football fan as a boy.
1: How did you get into the, the coaching side of things? What, 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 what was the transition? That's that a quite incredible story. Uh, my dream always was to be a professional football player. Yeah. Um, just my talent didn't match my, my, my ambition. I know that. <laughs> you, <laughs> mean, I mean, you should have seen me. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Um So I decided to go a different path. I decided to go, uh, I, I love as well, you know, I, uh, nature. I love animals, I love uh, plants. So I decided to go for landscape and gardening. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and then I got a job in the council in Alcorcon in Madrid. So I was working for the council, uh, just in garden, designing gardens, doing gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my job. But it was my job. It wasn't something I absolutely love. It wasn't my passion. It was just my job. And um, so after doing it for a year, I say, I, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And because I already knew that I wasn't good enough to be a professional football player, the next best thing is uh, I want to be a coach. So then I, I made the decision, I'm going to be a coach, and I told my parents, which uh, my dad didn't speak to me almost for a year and a half, because he, he thought I was the my life, because like I, a year and a half, I, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So I told them, I'm going, uh, I say, what's the best league in the world? It was the Premier League at the time. So I thought, okay, so I'm going to England. I could go to Germany because I spoke German at the time, but uh, I thought, nah, I'm going to England. That's the best. That's the, that's the, Ronaldo was playing here, etc. So that was uh, it was the best league. And I said, oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna try to, to try to get there. The problem is I couldn't speak any words of of English. So I told my parents, took a flight. Uh, I googled best weather in England, which was my main concern. <laughs> and it said Bournemouth, so I took a flight to Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> See followed the weather. I the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was in Bournemouth and obviously I couldn't, I couldn't speak uh, a word of English. Uh, I remember going to a temporary job agency and I went there and I said, I won't work. That's how I, I was, instead of I'm wow. looking for a job, because I just took it straight from a dictionary. I, I didn't speak a single word, nothing, zero. Even when I wanted to say yes, I would say, yeah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> I was talking the, the German, so I, I was so bad. Um, so in, the only, I was lucky. Uh, a week later, I got a job as housekeeper in a sports center, so I was cleaning for, uh, for, a, for a couple of years, but then when I, started to, I was doing intensive English lessons every day, as soon as I started to speak a little bit English, I started to volunteer as a coach in every single youth team I could. I, I, would, I wouldn't coach, I just pick balls, but I listen, listened. Then I volunteered as a referee. Don't advise you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you say I want referees? How you get that job? Yeah. you know why? Because I could listen to the coaches giving instructions to to the kids. It was youth football, Sunday Nick. But so that obviously I got abuse as well. I learned the abuse. as well. I <laughs> <laughs> <My> experience might <laughs> be <being> a referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was very very helpful. Uh, I I will learn things like a square ball. I was googling what is a square ball, and I you cannot if you Google what is a square ball, you cannot find the answer. So this football vocabulary, you only learn it if you are there. So all this type of so I was learning, 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 and then because I was cleaning in a sports center, I asked uh, my manager, uh, you know, I've been here now, I got my level one, my level two coaching qualifications. Can I coach? Because I was in five per an hour worth the minimum wage as a cleaner, and the coaches were getting ten per an hour, and I said, can I coach? And he said, ah, no, the kids will struggle to understand your accent. So what I did is I set up my own football academy. I, I booked myself with an with a English friend who I was coaching a youth team together, we, we booked the pitches ourselves and then we start to coach kids. At the beginning we got three, four kids losing money every week, but we end up in three months later we end up in two different sports centers with over 200 kids, incredible. Wow mate. It was so good. Yeah, What a story that's friend. I had no idea about that. Mm. Something, something needs to write
0: about your story. Can I write about your story? Yes, yeah. of course Nobody else can write about that. <laughs> so that That's fantastic So you couldn't speak a word of English You decided you googled sunny Bournemouth right. where Bournemouth <laughs> in yeah. Bournemouth All the places to go Bournemouth You went down there Got a job £5 an hour Cleaning And then volunteering And then learning English By getting abused By people on the, the sidelines That's a fantastic story mate mm. I'm b- Absolute pleasure to hear it as well So that's how you get into The coaching side of things So what got you spotted? What was your first, what would you say was your first big break into the,
1: the coaching side of things? So from, obviously because I, I started to create a name for, for myself, purely based on what you say before, purely based on passion. Obviously the, my tactical knowledge, my, I just started and I just got the level two, but my passion was, I mean the kids absolutely loved that. They couldn't wait for the next week to come. Just because for me, I just give my 100% yeah. and that's what I love, not really what they were learning, although I try always my best to, to improve myself, to try to develop them, uh, but I start to make a little bit of name on myself in the community. So I thought, okay, maybe it's my chance now to be linked with a professional football club. So I applied to Southampton uh, for the foundation, just for ast- after school clubs, no academy, after school clubs, etc. And and they already knew about me. um I got Andy Martino. I was still in touch with him. He he was the one that that gave me the job, and I would be forever grateful. Uh, but it was just coaching under sevens, under eights after school. Some of them they couldn't kick a ball. Sometimes it, it felt like it could be like babysitting, just until the parents could mm-hmm. come <laughs> and pick them up. Mm-hmm. But for me, I didn't care. They love it again, the same passion. I don't care what level you are coaching. It's all about trying to make them better, trying to uh, improve them, mm-hmm. and. I was only doing that job of, for three months, three months, coaching age and I got a call from Nigel Atkins, who was the manager of Southampton football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, incredible. That was, you must have been like the f Yeah, well, but, but, oh, going, right. yeah, you know, and then I, I couldn't believe, I, I thought this a joke, but then <laughs> I called my boss Emily, and, and they said, yeah, yeah, they want you there. So he needed this, uh, Southampton just signed Gaston Ramirez. Uh, who was the most expensive sign in, in their history at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 million they paid for him for, to Bologna. The guy couldn't speak a word of English, but they just invest massive, so much talent. So they needed somebody who spoke both languages and the football vocabulary. Oh. Because being translator, later when you are talking about the square balls, when you are talking about Manon, when you are talking, this is not, a normal translator wouldn't know this vocabulary. So they needed to do both languages and, and the football language. And the football language. So wow. And they say, do you want to do it? But it's only three months. That's it, only three months. I because, And I have to quit everything. It's proper full-time, traveling with the team, everything. Yeah. And I thought, Ugh. So I give my business to my partner. You know, what a risk. Yeah. I quit my housekeeping job. That wasn't so much risk. <laughs> uh, and And I say, yeah, three months. But for me, it was like, I'm going to be for three months in the best university in the world I can be. Which is actually being in the Premier League. Even if I wasn't a coach, I was only a translator, but I going to experience that? I thought, I cannot say no. So I say yes. So on a Tuesday, I was coaching this under eight kids after school, uh, after school club. And then on a Saturday, we play Swansea at St. Mary's in front of uh, 30 or 28, 28 30,000 people, whatever it was. Um, my legs, I have to translate for the, for the, for the player. So it was just the gaffer, all the players and myself there in a corner. And my job was to tell Gaston, just like not very loud so that I don't disturb oh, no. what he was saying. My legs were shaking. I think I did the worst translation I ever done, but nobody knew. <laughs> 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 but I was the only one that knew what language. <laughs> but I was shocking because, they, they, again, they use some vocabulary. I never, they say, oh, yeah, when we start 7-Eleven. And I was like, well, what is 7-Eleven? Later with time, I learned, okay, that means a channel ball for the wing of... You know, but I didn't know what this type of vocabulary mean, because this is a, a very specific team uh, vocabulary. So, so, yeah, a translator for these three months. And then something even more bizarre happened. So that was incredible. <laughs> so something much more incredible happened. We played uh, Chelsea, I believe was Mourinho's Chelsea, uh, that later won the, went to win the league. Uh, away at the Stamford Bridge, and we draw 2-2. For Sohampton, our goal was avoid relegation. Incredible result. Yeah, yeah. And after this incredible result, the team leave the relegation places and then the manager got sacked. Nigel Askin got sacked. And I knew in two weeks later my contract expired and I previously spoke to the Gafa and saying, can I please stay even if it's for free? And he said, we are delighted with you, but we want Gaston to push himself, not to rely on you. And that's why we told you three months. Which I understood. Yeah. I was disappointed, but I understood. So he gets sucked, I got like two weeks left in my contract and then the club appoint Mauricio Pochettino. Obviously he doesn't need a translator, he's Argentinian. So I thought, okay, so not even two weeks because he doesn't need me at all. And then first time I speak to him and you know obviously he already probably he already talked to the board or he already knew what what the plan was, but I didn't know anything. And he said, you know, I, I don't need a translator. And I was like, I know, I know. And I said, But I could do with the assistant. <laughs> wow <laughs> wow <Without laughs> down crying call my dad which he, i didn't speak for 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 ages um so was that the first time you spoke to him we the, properly yes i we spoke before but the relationship wasn't wasn't great it right. wasn't great that was the the from there it just got better and better from that point because you had a real job <laughs> yeah because i was in the frame of my life right like he told me uh, uh yeah exactly i I, that I'm, I'm i'm now in the coaching team of some he said what do you mean and i say Okay. With Pochettino. Obviously in Spain, everyone, so everyone knew who Pochettino uh, Now everyone in the world knows. Yeah. But at the time he coached Spaniel in Spain, everyone knew him. Abroad, not many people knew him at that time. But my dad knew exactly who Pochettino was. So he, could, he couldn't believe. He really couldn't believe. And I couldn't believe. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, SF, no problem. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I was kind, to be fair. He, he saw, uh, it, was, it was incredible. Um, and, yeah, and from then, uh, my debut game... I say my Mauricio Pochettino's debut, but was my debut on the bench. And all the cameras were there. And you know, I was right on the right side of Pochettino on the first row of the bench. I, I, I'm the, then is when the legs were like shaking, I struggled to, to stay standing. Like for me, for him, the cameras were natural for me were like the most natural thing. And, and I had, since then, obviously I promised myself, I will, this opportunity, I will not waste, I will come to the training ground the first. I will leave only after the last person leave. And I will learn. So I didn't have life for so many years because it was football, football, football. And then is when I decide I'm learning so much, but I'm not coaching. I'm just putting cons and setting up pitches. And he used some lines, some elastic lines to mark the pitches. That was part of my job. Uh, So I worked very, very hard. But coaching, I didn't coach. I was learning. And then I have to log in every single drill they did. And all the tactical technical information which was great for me for learning, but I didn't coach, so then I thought okay i'm gonna need even more time, but i'm gonna coach I need to coach so then i is when when I started to volunteer at Sohampton women, so everything what I was learning with sohan with Pochettino and so on men, I was applying it to so on women, so it was and then because they lack resources, et etc, I convinced some male players, which obviously they were in very good salaries in the Premier League to finance to help the girls by paying training facilities, by paying kids, by, oh, incredible. So, obviously, that that make a, a massive difference in the life of so many, so many people in the community, which for me, I was the, the so the, the story, even now I'm selling it, I can feel it, I can feel right now how I felt. Me, I'm getting that from you, like, like, the passion, yeah. like, it's genuine. Like, so,
0: for Southampton's women's team, so while you're working at Southampton, you've pretty much become the director of football for the women's team at the same time. Yeah, and then translating everything you're learning over to them, putting your own money with other players into that team to get it up to where it needed to be. And and where are they sitting now? Uh,
1: So, Hanton, so it it was some, uh, at the time, they wasn't officially any club. They weren't, they were, but they weren't linked with the club. So the club didn't have a women's section at the time. But the name was hand Women, they were in the community, oh, yeah. we were helping them. Oh, you're right. Uh, now, they, they, so they are in the championship, they are top of the league in the championship, in second division. Fantastic, mate. Absolutely brilliant. So from Southampton to Everton,
0: is that right? Am I right, Yeah, to say that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and also what I want to say is something that really impressed me about you, because I've been doing my research, right? If my boss asked, I've been doing research. And it's the fact that, and you've said off camera, you're, almost, you're fluent in two languages, uh, which is Spanish and English. Right, I'm not even fluent in English, mate. So that's that's brilliant.
1: And you can also communicate in Italian
0: and in German. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I like spo- I spoke very good German. That was my first language. I lived one year abroad in Germany. Uh, so that's that's why when I first came to England, uh, my English I struggled so much because, it came German all the time. Oh, right, okay. But I'm not fluent. Any- I was fluent in German. I'm not fluent anymore because I haven't used it for for. I'm mm-hmm. quarter German. My granny was German. Can you speak German? Uh, all I can say is
0: this Now tell me if I'm wrong, right? So, anytime we finish dinner, out of manners, my my grand always made us say "Canin Tisch für lessen better." Canin dish, no. Canin Tisch for lesson, but can I leave the table? Is that my t Yeah, T-shirt. Right. So that's all. That's the only German I know. Not that it's, it's not <laughs> that. <my>, I did not <laughs> even learn. have to be fair. So, aye, <laughs> <laughs> and my English. <laughs> so the fact is that you go out your way to learn these, and is that so that you can communicate better with the players? but certain players if they're obviously from
1: those countries does that help you as a coach to be able to communicate and not have these translators all the time? It, it helps uh, the message wh- wh- because I did the translation myself uh, is never the same you lose when the manager wants to say something and I always try to replicate the passion of the manager when so, the manager wants to talk try to replicate the passion uh, if he's angry Are you angry? Yeah because otherwise the mess, you lose everything in the message so, uh, it's, so much, it's so much more even if if the manager doesn't speak fluent a language if he is able to communicate it to the player, I think the impact is much more. Uh, ah yeah, yeah. That that's, that's a better way. So for me it has helped me. Like now for example playing players like Paula Partido, who speak English but is not like very, very fluent yet. Uh, but she comment, she's already, you know, is 18-year-old, already got like five assists, she scored I think four goals. So goal involvement for 18-year-old oh, is it, incredible. But it was very easy for me from the beginning. Every tactical meeting I have to do it in Spanish with her, because if I did in English, she, she wouldn't understand right, great. So it helped help me, it helped me in a player that I can speak the language. It helped me. But to be fair, uh, I think it's Paula Celia, who's French. Uh, I, I can, I cannot speak French, despite it come from Latin. It, I struggle. Mm-hmm. Portuguese and Italian are very easy for, for, for me, but, but uh, French I struggle. So with Celia, I struggle to communicate, uh, but the rest are, the English are. Very, very good, work. but yeah, a Spanish speaking player uh, is definitely a big help. Right. Do you
0: ever use it in your advantage and you pretend you can't
1: speak English sometimes if you don't want to communicate with certain people no. <laughs> and you don't understand certain things? The, w- what I do is uh, when I talk to Paula during games, I tell them the information in Spanish so so the opposition don't know what I'm telling Oh, right, okay. So if I want to tell her, uh, I don't know, Paula, take the player on, don't, you know, don't just take the player on in 1v1, take her on, be brave. Right. I don't tell her in english because the opponent know so I, I tell her in spanish so then she on, only heard and no you know but anyway at the team we try to create a non-verbal vocabulary and a verbal vocabulary so we try to we say oh you know um uh, fix before you pass or you know pin the player before you pass okay so we we say engage um when we say engage that means they need to dribble and as soon as the player engages, then is when you pass so we got vocabulary that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It only means something for us. For us, I it's something that we supposed to be that we, we know and the opponent don't know to give us an advantage. So we try to talk like that. We don't, for me, it's easy because anyway, I'm not an English speaker, native. So for me, it's easy to just bring a sentence, which means something tactical. And for them, it's new as well. For me, it's new, but we all learn it like that. So if we have to use it in a game, it's only us who know it.
0: That's superb. I'm oh, Absolutely, I love that. So, that brings us on to Everton.
1: So, how did the move come about to Everton then? So, I uh, initially, uh, Mauricio Seau, you know, like, um, when, when the talks with Tottenham started, initially he said uh, he, would, he would consider taking me, um, but the club was first, uh, Say so they wanted to keep me, uh, so I asked who, who the manager, who the next manager is going to be for me to make a decision. And then they, they told me that they were going to bring Ronald Koeman. And that for me was, as I say, you know, I, I absolutely love positional play. And I know he played with Johan Cruyff. I'm not a Barcelona fan, but I admire the, the, the dream team of, of Johan Cruyff. Uh, the football they played with was revolutionary. Um, and, and I really wanted to learn this positional play from, from Johan Cruyff, uh, which Ronald obviously was his player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided to stay just because I thought uh, I, uh, I was working two years with Mauricio. Uh, and I learned so much from him, but to be able to work with another world-class manager with, who already won the Champions League, scoring the winning goal, who already won the European champion, Championship with Holland, I mean, his experience as a player, and I, I thought that's a great opportunity for me to keep learning, so I decided to stay at Southampton, um, and then with Kuman, it was incredible, really, uh, another in, incredible learning opportunity. The club initially supposed to be, you know, middle of the table, avoid comfortably relegation. We actually got into Europa League. Uh, qualified for Europa League. I remember. It's incredible. Um, Again, similar to what we are experiencing here. And that's why I think uh, I, I'm able to, to efficiently recruit after losing our best players. It's, that's exactly what we experienced at, at uh, Southampton. If you think, in my time there, we lost Adalana, Morgan Snyderling, uh, Virgil van Dijk, Luke Shaw so, I mean, yeah, you (laughs) name it, so we lost top, top players, most of the year we lost our top, top performer, or our player of the season, and then we were able to bring players that nobody knew here, like Graciano Pele, uh, Dusan Tadic, uh, Sadio Mane, and then they became, and then we lose them as well, but, so, it's constant transition of players, but while we did that, the, the team was, the team stayed in this great position, so, only two incredible years with, uh, with Ronald Kuman and Southampton. And then the second year, obviously, the, uh, uh, Everton, uh, which an, a new owner. Uh, they really wanted to push uh, Everton because they failed to, they finished 12th for the previous two seasons, which wasn't great for Everton. They wanted to try to get in Europe. And, and they just they really pushed to bring Ronald. Um, so he put me an offer. And I initially rejected the first offer. with Ronald. Rejected I rejected them. Everton. And So hold on, you've gone from... Cleaning, no, no speaking English, t- to turn them down. <laughs> to, to the first ever <laughs> Yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. And the excuse I put, oh, I, I mean, I, I just bought a house. I just bought a house in Southampton. I, before I knew that there is any, any interest of Everton, mm. I didn't even know Ronald was going to leave. Um, so I bought a house there. So I was living in my house for two months when this happened. So I was quite excited about the house. So that was <laughs> one of the reasons. But the main reason was we just won the league with Southampton women after avoiding relegation the year before and I absolutely loved that group and we were doing something magical and I really didn't want to to leave them, um, you know, obviously the salary was, they, they doubled the salary that I was uh, uh, so Southampton, so salary was a, a, an issue it was actually quite, um, you know, um, I really, yeah, a very good offer, but I say, look, you know, I love the house and also, you know, with the ladies team uh, and that for me is very important because I can put into practice. One week later, he came back, the would I improve offer financially and they said and I get you involved with the Burton ladies as well so then I didn't have excuse. so the next day I was there <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> clearly wanted you very very yeah he did he did want me to be fair um, and I, 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 I will always, I will be forever grateful to him uh, again Mauricio changed my life Nigel Laskin changed my life and Ronald Quint changed my life it's incredible what, what? Three, three people to work with and then to bring all
0: that how lucky are we for you to bring that here to Celtic Women's Club which brings us over to that then. So you've done all that work with Everton. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your experience with Everton? I mean, what was it like to what, Ronald Koeman? I mean, what was the difference between him and Pochettino's
1: management style? Were they similar? Or, uh, no, no. Very, and that, that from me is great. And that's why I wanted this. He's very, so Mauricio Pochettino was pretty much, uh, he was coached by Bielsa as a young player. Oh, right. So it was a lot of Bielsa style. Quite of, tough. Quite tough. Sessions very, very hard physically. Uh, very, very hard mentally. Long sessions. The Pressing was outstanding. Very physical, but b- very aggressive pressing. That it, it, I, I learned so much. So we press. We got so many triggers of pressing now that I learned from from him. Uh, and with Kuman it was is the way uh, the team play, uh, positional play. Uh, you know, playing through the third, not direct football. Uh, it was it was brilliant. And in terms of management as well, very different characters. Pochettino. Uh, you know, always making jokes or very, very close to close to the players, mm-hmm. and very uh, on one-on-one with the players. And I I know that because I I have to translate several times for him in a one-on-one meeting. So again, the, I can I know uh, what this one-on-one meeting is when because I have to translate for both. Ah, uh, very very good, very clever. I know how to get the best from the player. Uh, quite honest, but at times. Uh, not saying things that he's not gonna get the best from the player, if that makes sense. While Kuman, which again is another aspect that I, I, I like, uh, he was brutally honest, oh, like a hundred percent honest with every single player. Uh, so we had Wayne Rooney, Theo Walcott, uh, and he would be brutally honest or Sadio Mane or, or Virgil van Dijk, even players that some of the best players in Europe, and he would be straight, honest for the good things and for the bad things. So that's something as well, I, I think. And um, that's not for everyone, that's not for every player. I think my own personal opinion as a manager is every single player has to has, uh you have to manage that player different. That's not so many You might react yeah. very good to aggression. Uh, like women footballers don't react good to aggression normally, generally. Okay. Uh, but, but male footballers, most of them react, react good to aggression. Mm-hmm. So if they are playing a possession and the team that is getting beat in the women game is, ah, that's embarrassing, just to be polite. Uh, they yeah, yeah. they are not gonna take it well. It's, uh, it, they are not gonna react like, oh, we want to be better. Nah. But if you say that uh, in my screen with a with a uh,
0: about uh, yeah
1: yeah, more feedback, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. in the men, you can actually do that, and they will get angry, and they will, you know, they will try to yeah. get better. They react well to this. So totally, totally different, different uh, management. But in terms, even if it's the women game, in a team you got twenty three, twenty four different characters, and everyone. You need to find that's the, that for me, the secret of management is how you can get the best from each player. And the approach has to be totally different. Yeah. We actually are quite good. Some players, I don't even uh, manage them at all. I get David to manage because his uh, his style is more uh, is more appropriate for that person. Uh, others, I, I, I just do it because I know how to do it and so it's, uh, it's just to try to find what gets the best. And this is something I learned from those two guys, which for me are two of the best coaches in the world and that's why they got the experiences in coaching. You know, PSG, Barcelona, and now Mauricio Chelsea, the Spurs, they've been coaching some of the best teams in the world.
0: And I love that. I love that you're saying, like, I think a lot of people when we watch football, we forget footballers are human beings. They're humans and every human Is different, and they react different to different types of coaching. Like for me, if you were coaching me and shouted at me, I'd just cry. I'd be rubbish. I wouldn't be. (laughs) I need you to go. Come on, Jerry. You're the the best goalkeeper. On you go, and then I'll play well. So I get that. So, but people don't ever think about how you've got to be. You're not just managing tactics. You're not just managing the coaching side. It's the person themselves as well. And if you've learned that from some of the greats as well, you can see that you've got that in you though as a person. Watching you on the training ground with them. They've got this obviously they've got the respect for you as a manager, but you've you've had them all laughing today and you can see that they're they really good up for the game and you've got a great management style when it comes to the person. And that's it's a big thing and I think Brendan's all all obviously the same as well for the the men's team. We're here to talk about the women's team, so I will not talk too much about Brendan. Uh, he's my pal now. I met him on Sunday. So <laughs> I sure I saw that. I see that. So and it's great to see you put that into the club. So you've learned from these great managers. You've, you've been itching to coach, like you said. So
1: what, how, how did it all come about to come to Celtic? Um, well, first, what you are commenting, uh, that I 100% agree. For me, one of the secrets I learned uh, about managing, I'm not saying about coaching, about managing, is first is the person. And this is, for me, is key. The person is first. And that's why, you know, I don't mind to be the clown many times. They are making jokes about uh, my touch, which... Totally uh, unjustified. Of <laughs> <laughs> course, me.
0: I not <laughs>
1: <I've> <laughs> No, I, ju- I don't. I don't mind to be the clown. I don't mind. You know, the be, be, uh, pa- the person is first, and the footballer always comes second. Uh, I think when you can get the best from the person, I think develop the footballer is so much easier. I think uh, if you don't get the best from the person, then I think you have little chance of developing the footballer. Uh, and again, that's something I learned from from so many years uh, sharing with these guys that that they already knew that I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's something I have to copy if you want from then. Um, and then about uh, coming to Celtic, actually from Everton, uh, I have, a, after two incredible years, again, from finishing 12, we qualified for Europa League straight away in our first year with Commander, So it was a, a fantastic year. The next year, after a tough start, uh, Ronald got sacked. Uh, so again, the club offered me a, a, a compensation to leave. I was going to leave if Ronald wanted me, but Ronald said, no, you just moved. You, you, I wanted to stay. So I stayed. Uh, Sam Aladice came, which again, Sa- and Sammy Lee, which again, two guys, that I absolutely loved them. Uh, again, two guys that they didn't... need kn- to translate for Sammy Lee, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Funny enough, I was with Sammy Lee as Sammy Lee was assistant of Koeman. Oh, right, right. So right. I knew him from before. So for me, I mean, Sammy Lee mm-hmm. in football is, is kind of... Is is almost like a second dad for me. Yeah, everybody. I absolutely love. Uh, they are they are both absolutely lovely. And Sam If I am honest, I when Everton said they were going to appoint Samalai, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking. Um, you know, I was. Erroneously, uh, I was thinking. Uh, you know, long, yeah, long ball. ball. Yeah, long ball. Uh, wow. Straight away, he came. Straight away, impressed me. He was so good as a sports science, so good at medicine. I remember the doctor said, oh, the finger. He said, what do you mean the finger? The first metatarsal, the second metatarsal. So the guy is, I mean. He really knew his stuff. He knew, he know his stuff very well. And man management is so good. He would do a, a meeting and he would get us, before even he started to talk, all crying. And really? All crying, laughing. And sometimes, oh, no. sometimes uh, making, making a, 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 so putting a, a video that somebody make about himself, a funny video about himself. And everyone crying laughing and, you know, the guy laughing. He makes fun of himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. totally. And so, I don't know, his management, I think, was, and they say, if you think you already, which is, again, something that for me was brilliant, uh, if you think you're already at the top, if you are a physio, if you are a football player, if you are a coach, if you are a, a sport therapist, if you think you are already at your peak, you are in the wrong club now. You need to be in year, you need to be better than you are now. So, tell me what courses you want to do, tell me what… You... So the guy was about, about wow. developing every single… So again, a big, big lesson for me, uh, for, for the future. But anyway… Fantastic. Sam got sacked at the end, mm-hmm. and the club, uh, they, were to say, I want, uh, we, they wanted me to stay. Um, everyone got sacked apart from Duncan Ferguson, who is now in, in Bangladesh, <laughs> and myself. Yeah. So we were the only two staying, and then the new manager was Marco Silva. Mm-hmm. I stayed there. I go in the morning and I see my locker. Uh, we in the coaching room is not there anymore. Somebody, somebody else's name. Oh, so what? what is my name? Oh, I don't know. You need to change with the rest of the staff. I say, all right. So I, I change with the rest of the staff. I work all day. And then after the, after the whole day, I need to clarify my role. Like, okay, we are going to do this year, like compared to last year, which I was doing a lot of coaching. And, and then the guy said, look, I, I'm, I'm bringing two guys to your job. So and you have to go. No, I'm I, 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 changing your locker room, telling you yeah. they make you work all day before they yeah. tell you the end. Yeah. Oh, uh, nightmare me Yeah. So, um, let's say uh, Mark, Marco is not my favorite manager. Well, <laughs> I want to thank Marco There wasn't, <laughs> if <didn't> <laughs> <if I> wasn't <laughs> um, we wouldn't have you. So, but but no, it's it, obviously one, one experience bring you to the other one, and you know I I don't regret anything in my life. I, I'm absolutely delighted of how everything has worked out. Um, from Everton, I went to I coached for. a for a few months, uh, University of Liverpool, that they were chasing me for a while, uh, and then I had the opportunity, because I had the time, so I was coaching the main team, the University of Liverpool first team, and then the Lewis Louis FC opportunity came on, oh. which is second divisional uh, in the women game in England, and um, the only reason I went there is because I love the ethos of the club, I love what they were trying to do. They were the first and only club in the world that trained men and women equally. I've seen that. Yeah. I was reading that, yeah. So I, I wanted to be part of it and because I didn't have a, at that time any other options, I thought that's that's a perfect club for me. Like I really want to be part of that. And then I wore, I went there, and uh, we have a fantastic time. Uh, the problem is the goal was kind of avoid radiation. The 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 budget was it's a part-time team. We only trained three times. Uh, the budget was very limited compared to Manchester United, was in our league, and so in my, in, like, you know, they got ridiculous bias compared to us. They train every day. They got, you know, I mean, it was so difficult to compete in that league. And then when the Celtic opportunity came, you know, uh I have doubts at the beginning just because Celtic was a part time team. The same that I was. Right. Okay. But then they say no no. So we want to bring you because we want to make the team full time and then we want you to, you know, to help us to to go to this professionalism. Yeah. And then the project and the club, I was already working as a hunter with Van Dijk with Arthur Boru with Fraser Forster Victor Guanyam After Boru's my favourite ever player well, so uh, you, all these guys they still love the club all of them really they all love the club who was the first point of contact from Celtic Football Club to Fran Alonso so it was it was actually through my agent uh, at the time so my agent was uh, the agent of the previous manager here so we had the same agent ah, okay? so then he was negotiating the uh, the compensation over the uh for for the for the manager to go and then at the same time uh, you know he just told the the, the board about me mm-hmm. um and then the the club contacted me they brought me here uh to do a session with the under 18s right. with that, Darren Odi was was the and, and Greg Robertson were the were the managers of the 18s um and I think they were very impressed again for not necessarily for the tactical knowledge or anything like that but before I did the session, I I asked Darren, who was so helpful, and I asked for every single player, name, surname, position, uh, weakness and strength. So when I went in the morning, players that never, that never saw me before, I yeah. said to each I knew their names, I knew their positions. I was saying, Adam, you play this. And they were like, wow. wow. Attention and in detail. The, but also, later the session went incredible well. Why? Because all the players wanted to play for me. Because, you know, obviously they... Even if I didn't know them, for me, the is you go there, you don't know anyone, you know, they might not, you know, they, they might not work hard. They might not do the counter-pressing you want, et cetera. So I think it works, it wo work, it went so well. Uh, and then I got great feedback from, from the guys that were doing, uh, director of, of the academy, uh, and, and my bosses, mm-hmm. uh, now my bosses. and, and yeah, I, later it was pretty, pretty quick, the rest because I was, once I came here, I saw the stadium and. Everything that I knew before from these players, uh, professional players, Victor, Guanyama is still in touch, and, mm-hmm. and that was the, actually the first person who congratulated me when when I um, when I took the job. Victor? Well, Victor, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have made it publicly. I think it was Instagram over, and he he was the first person to congratulate me. But everyone, uh, uh, even now when we win games, everyone, you know, uh, congratulate, and they are, they they keep following Celtic, which for me was incredible because you, obviously, I work with so many so many players. And we brought so many players that just left other clubs. And you, I never experienced players talking about their former clubs. Uh, like players that has been a Celtic talk about Celtic. Honestly, like uh, not any other club. And then when I came here, obviously now I know right. why. Well, I was going to ask you. That. Now I know right. why. Yeah. So when you heard them talk so passionately about Celtic Football
0: Club, was there a bit in your head that was going, "Okay, all right, yeah." So now you're here, you
1: feel that and more. Yeah, I was thinking, like, okay, you know, but still. It's Scotland, like, you know, you it's know, it's not like the Premier League. Yeah. Like, you're so excited about, oh, and I, I understand that this could be amazing. Obviously, I didn't understand. It was something i never even been in Scotland before. Uh-huh. So I didn't understand, but it took me one day, one day here to understand. And the one day, one day, okay. one day, the day of, the next day after I came, I went to the hotel, I came late in the evening, and the next day was here my presentation you know, straight away, you know, the, the, the magnitude of, you know, interaction with the fans and that's with the women team, which at the time we just became professionals, So the yeah. I, I was very, very minimal. So I was thinking it does, it does with the women team, how are you going to be with the with the men? And then of course it's mental, <laughs> Of crazy. course it's I, crazy, I, but I absolutely love it. It's really, it really much. I'm a passionate man. I, I, my, what I care, why I am a manager is nothing to do with the financial reward is nothing, it's all about trying to make an impact, trying to change life, trying to improve, trying to develop people, to improve their lives, to improve the life of the players, to, in, to improve the happiness of the fans. I remember a quote of Bielsa, uh, somebody criticized about, oh, you know, uh, uh, football is just, a, is just a, a sport. I don't know why people is so obsessed. And Bielsa said, there are people in Argentina that are suffering starvation, that live in cab- cardboard bo- boxes. And they are miserable. They don't have anything to eat, and the only happiness they got is when their team win on the weekend. And in my last one hour, but that's an hour of happiness that they wouldn't have if this. So that's how important football is. Wow. So this is something that for me is like, wow, wow. And that,
0: do you know, that's a lovely way to almost finish because we're right in front of the Jock Lounge uh, sign here, and that was a big us for Jock as well, They we would talk to the fa- talk to the players about these fans. Could have the worst week of their life They've been working hard Go and give them out And that's what you have brought That attitude into Celtic as well And I think I speak for anyone else Watching this For Alonso and Celtic They just go together With your passion mate So a big massive game A huge huge game on Sunday Is Celtic Women's Against Rangers What's your prediction? And our
1: managers don't make predictions Do they? No I I I think we are playing very well Uh, Obviously they are as well Uh, But I uh, we got a couple of last-minute uh, injuries. me uh, minor, but that means the players might not be able to to play, and they are important players for us. But despite that, I I, I have a hundred percent faith in the team. I think the girls are are playing good football, are flying, and I think in front of our fans they always give uh, they always give a hundred percent. But in front of our fans, is this extra ten percent, so hundred and ten percent. I think I think we are going to play a good game, and I'm confident that we can get the three points. But um, He's, he's, we are going to face uh, a day that is flying this year as well but I, I, I uh, I'm confident that in front of our fans um, we are going to we are going to get the, the business done
0: Excellent a huge game and like you heard them say an extra 10% the players can get for the amount of fans that are there I'm going to be there on Sunday for my first live ladies game which I'm ashamed to say it shouldn't have taken this long but I'm going to be there and I wish you all the best for Sunday thank you. it's been fantastic meeting you thank you very thank much you, my pleasure I've been Jerry Taylor on a Celtic State of Mind and this has been Final Social.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.